can we just stop for a minute and talk about the word selfless? Yep. We're applauding people who are without self. Right. Right. Like what? One of the powerful questions I always say to people too is like, would you want your kids to, to grow up like you? Would you want your kids to live your life? And when I'm in this Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years. And I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I want to share with you. And I am here to A, learn more because we're never effing done, and B, get you to a new level. everybody. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. My name is Melissa Manning. I am your host. And today I am with Sarah O'Brien Hammond. She is the Chief Community Officer and Founder of the Network of Women, which is a private IRL and digital community that holds safe containers for women to learn, connect, and expand so that they can have the life and career they desire. Her mission is to bring together growth-minded women through diverse and unique experiences focused on helping them live their best, most fulfilled lives. During the day, she is one of NYC's most successful recruiters. She is also a mom, a wife, and a fitness enthusiast. She started now as a side hustle that has quickly become her life's purpose. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. So excited to chat with you. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me. I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. Me too. Me too. So first off, I just want to hear more about now the network of women. Tell me about what it is and why you started it. Sure, sure. Well, the network of women was really birthed through my own life's experiences. I I think I came out of the womb like bad out of hell. Like I came out ready to get shit done. Oh my God. Um, I so resonate with that. <laughs> I think so many women can relate yeah. to that, especially, you know, successful women that are driven and hungry. And I went through life really, um, I'm Gen X too. So I went through life like in a very, um, straight fashion, worked really hard, hustle, the grind, just worked my tail off. And it was like, hard work is the only way. And you know, I don't, I, I'm not, um, condemning the, the hustle that culture ethic, yeah. yeah, and that work ethic. Cause I think mm-hmm. it's really important. But when I got into my forties, I realized that like, wait, I don't think I want to live like this any longer. Like, I don't think that this hustle and this grind and this like work at all cost yeah, mentality, it is just, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. And to be doing that for so many years, it just yeah. is actually not sustainable. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I think I was just caught up in like really that success and that hunger and that drive that I actually wasn't even sure where I was heading. Like, right. And the story also was that this is what you do. This is life. Right. There were no right. alternatives. Right. Exactly. It becomes your identity. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I wore that like a badge of honor. Like I was successful and I was, I hustled and I did anything I needed to do to get it done. Um, But then I realized that like, what was it, what was it all for? 
And when I started asking myself more of those questions, more of the, what I say, quote unquote, is personal development, right? That's not something that we are encouraged in our society to think about, right? We are encouraged to put our head down and go. Like it is not, you know, certainly as a 47 year old woman that my generation was encouraged to do that. I'm fortunate and grateful to the, to the, um, upcoming generations that are saying, Oh, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I want to live differently. It took me a long time to get to that point, but regardless, I'm happy and thankful that I did, but I'm just sort of leaned in and was like, wait a minute. Like, I don't think I want to live this life this way anymore. And, and then I sort of started opening up my, my mind to different ways of how to do life and different, um, mindsets and different ways to go about life. Because again, like I was just subscribing to the hustle, the culture, the work hard at all cost mentality. And it served me really well, Melissa, because I was paid really well. I had a great life. Like the, I had all the things, mm-hmm. but I didn't, I didn't really know what fulfilled me. I didn't know what brought me purpose to be right. honest with you. And I felt like inside, like my soul wasn't being fed. And so despite having all these quote unquote things, I didn't, I think I was lost in a lot of ways. And so I started like really seeking and looking at alternative ways to do life. And I'm not talking about like crazy woo woo stuff. I'm talking about like- Did you do ayahuasca? No, 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 I didn't do that. (laughs) I was hoping for a story there. No, I, no, not yet. But um, I just was, to be honest with you, just like really looking at how do I do things differently, like live a more intentional life, be really conscious with my choices and be really crystal clear on what I want from life. Those aren't crazy things, but very few women can actually answer those things because we're often too busy taking care of other people and, you know, hustling and and trying to get the things, but we don't even know what we want. And so it was really kind of that, that cathartic sort of aha for me. Like I like to call it a midlife awakening versus Mm -hmm. a midlife crisis. It seems a bit like, um, seems a little bit too intense to be in a a crisis. A crisis is something negative and and it was a positive change for you. Yeah, it was such a positive change. It just opened up so many possibilities. And then I started talking to my peers and women were like, oh, me too. Like, I feel that same way. I feel there's other ways to do life. Like I want to, I want more from life. I don't want to just live by the identity of work and this hustle and this drive and this grind. Like, I just don't want to live like that anymore. And I don't think, you know, nobody needs to live like that. There's so many different ways to do life. But again, like culture, societal messages are strong. Right. And especially I live in New York city, you know, it is that this work ethic is very strong here. You've got to work hard and, um, at all expenses to get to where you want to get right. to in life. And the reality of it is Melissa, that's just not the case. Like right. you, you know, the smartest people in the world work strategically. They don't, they don't work endless hours. They work, you know, the hours that they want to work. They're really clear on what they want to be doing, the hours that they want to be working yeah. and, and boundaries. And unfortunately, we live in a society that doesn't encourage and embrace boundaries. Women can't have boundaries. It's very hard for women. What um, what happens when societal constructs? Yeah, yeah. What happens? We get rejected, and rejection means like it's literally life threatening. I mean, that's what we think. Yeah, for sure. We get labeled, yeah. um, you know, and, and no one wants to be labeled, right? Like not available, not accessible, not accommodating, right? Not like accommodating. those are all things that yeah. people will say if you create boundaries versus mm-hmm. we know boundaries mean safety, right? Because we're creating a safety. But again, like I didn't have boundaries. Like literally my clients would email me and within 60 seconds, 
probably within 30, I'd respond because it was like, you got to do that because that's what is expected. I'm curious about when you were off the clock, like when you were home, cause you have kids. Do you have two There's kids? Never. Yeah. Two, two daughters, 11, uh, sorry, 12 and 14. You're never off the clock. Excuse yeah. me. Formerly in my former life, I was never off the clock. Right. So I just want to tell the audience <laughs> because Sarah told me this before we got on here that she just recently resigned from the corporate recruiting agency. I don't know if I'm saying this the right yeah, way um, right. that she was with, and now she's going on her own freelancing and consulting. And so Previously, when you were working for the company that you were with, when you right. were off the clock, like with your family, were you still technically on the clock? Absolutely. I mean, like, I think that we weren't, we're, we're, we are again taught this accessibility. And unfortunately in this age of technology, it's, it's a double, a double-edged sword because it makes everyone accessible. And so, you know, it's your job, especially as a leader, it was my job yeah. to create those boundaries because I didn't want my team. I didn't want my team to be ex responding to emails at 11 o'clock at night. Like that's yeah. just not, it's not, it's not but healthy. I'm curious. And I, I feel like I always bring it down to like man versus woman, but I'm curious, like, did you see any of this in the company that you were working for in the environment where like, there were a lot of men that didn't necessarily have to be responsible for their family members or men that could respond at all hours of the day. And they were basically setting the standard for everybody else. Did you see that? Yeah. I mean, I think that that falls with most men, um, mm. that are married because I think even if again, they're married, even our if they roles, yeah, our roles yeah. are such that the women, the woman has two jobs regardless, right? You're always a mother, which is a full-time job as we know. And then you're always, always, you know, an employee. And so mm -hmm. those responsibilities typically fall on the mother. Mm -hmm. Unless of course, again, you've got boundaries and you've got yeah. really clear guidelines of who's responsible for what, like my husband and I are really clear and it's That's taken great. time, but like, we're really clear on like, he does this, I do that. And we are very clear on our division of labor. Mm -hmm. And so that nobody feels like soccer is all him. Like the people reach out to me, can so-and-so have a ride or, and I'm like, my husband's in charge of that. That That's Ooh, not my I responsibility. Oh, and, you that. know, I think it's really important that we model that behavior. And especially yes. for my daughters, I want them to, to marry if they choose to marry um, a it doesn't matter who they marry, whoever they marry, that they have those really, really clear boundaries. But yeah, I think men but that in general, the other person respects them. Right. And isn't yeah. trying to just pile everything on them. All exactly. The time. Yeah. Right. And I think in general, you know, married couples, that responsibility does fall on the, on the woman. And I think unless right. there is a really good partnership, I mean, then that's another whole other conversation about partnership, but there has to be a really good partnership. And again, the right. same with like that clarity, right? Like the clarity of responsibility, the clarity of boundaries, all that stuff. But well, yeah, I mean, there I think, has to, it goes even deeper than that, right? It's like the self-worth you have to know, listen, I'm, I'm worth having this space. Absolutely. whatever that means, 100%. right? Yeah, like 100%. I'm worth saying the time that it takes me to like, think about if I can pick Susie up to bring her to soccer and, and like for me to move things around in my schedule so that I can accommodate her, like you have to know, yes. listen, that five minutes, 10 minutes of my time, that 30 minutes driving to Susie's house that no, 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 no. I'm worth more than that. We agreed. Yep. This is the boundary. This is who takes care of that done. You know, Absolutely. And, then, and I think Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'm done. I was just gonna say, I think there's a lot of guilt associated with that too. Absolutely. And so you have to release the shame. Like um, we have with the network of women, we host retreats. We have an upcoming summer retreat. And one of my members reached out and was like, I really want to come to the summer retreat. I just feel bad leaving the boys with my husband for the weekend. And I thought, oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. can you say that again? 
Yeah, I just I feel bad leaving who my the boys that their his children. children. Yeah, with him, their father. Right. <laughs> and again, like she's not every day, but it, it happens all the time, right? This is not she is not an exception. No, and I just responded back and said, like, I totally understand that. Like, I get that a hundred percent. I so wish, and it's her it. journey, right? It's her I journey just, to it's figure hers. that out. And yeah. you know, I so wish we as women didn't feel that we were um, inconveniencing others for the, for the sake of our sanity, right? For the uh-huh. sake of us to, like my children, I have a staycation probably once a quarter where I literally we- stay in a hotel around the corner from my apartment. And my kids know, like, I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody and I'm, I'm out. And I do like I girls weekends, that. my husband and I go away a lot and the kids will stay with our friends or family. I mean, there's a lot of healthy separation between me yeah. and my kids and me and my partner. Like, so mm-hmm. for me to see women um, feel this level of sh- not shame, but, but guilt, their inconvenient guilt and mm-hmm. inconvenience, right? Yeah. Or yeah, you just made a really good point, Melissa, your parents, like there's a co <laughs> Uh, co-responsibility in this equation. Um, And so, but I think unless people really like you have to do it, right? There's friends of mine that have never left their kids ever for a night without- Well, that's why they call it personal development, right? right? It's not like external development or everybody else development. It's like you have to personally figure it out. And until it just hits you in the head- you're going to just keep doing the same thing because it's so uncomfortable, right? That moment she says, you know what, Dave, fuck you. You're keeping the kids this weekend. I mean, maybe she doesn't have to say that word to him. She could just be like, you know what, Dave, this is your weekend. I need some me time. Or how do I set them up for support if she's not, if she's not really comfortable, if they've never had this arrangement before, I get Mm -hmm. it. This might be new. How Mm -hmm. do we create some, like, maybe there's a sitter that comes and like relieves him and we could look at it at both sides. But also it's not her responsibility to find all those solutions, right? Right. That's like another way of accommodating. Oh, Dave, you're uncomfortable. Let me find ways to make it easier for you. No, Dave, they're your kids. If you need some time, you figure it out. You go on Google, you find a babysitter that got five-star reviews. You call your mom, you see if she's, you know, like you figure that you walk next door, ask the neighbor if she knows a good babysitter. Like you've got two eyes. You've got, I mean, I hope you've got all these same things that I do. You can figure it out. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I are obviously uh, from, from the same batch and it's like, you know, I, I try to just encourage and meet, meet them where they're at and try and just um, encourage women because that time is so sacred. Like I, and I'm a better mother, right? I'm sure you can agree. Like when I'm away from my kids and I come home, it is like, I am a new woman. It's the the same thing with my- it's like you your have, cup is yes. full and you have mm-hmm. more to give now that you mm-hmm. like your cup floweth overeth, and now you can give more. Right. My, my ex, so I'm divorced from my daughter's father mm-hmm. and my ex just took her to Colorado. They had like, it was like a five day trip or something. Ooh, nice. I had, yeah, like four or five days where, I mean, I still had stuff to do, but I didn't have to bring her to school at 8am. I didn't, didn't have, have to, to worry stop. about another human. Yes. And I slept till like 9am every day. And I swear it was a staycation. And it was the first time that I really allowed myself to do that without Mm. feeling guilty. I was just like, this is amazing. (laughs) I need to do this every three months or something. I know people are really appalled, like not appalled. They're like, they're really 
like, wow, you take, you, you go on a like staycation, like mm-hmm. you leave your family for the weekend. Cause I also think there's this like stigma, like it's the weekend. You got to be family time. Let me ask you when you were younger, when the weekend rolled around, were you expecting your parents to, to no. occupy your time? Absolutely not. They needed me to be busy so they could do all the shit that they couldn't do during the yes, week. Yes, thank you. Yeah. We live in a world where we are responsible. My husband, we were, the other night, we were, the other day we were in the park and the girls were like, mom, will you do this with me, mom? Will you? I was like reading a book and, and my husband was like, it's not mom's responsibility to fill Occupy your time. You. Yeah. Like you guys, you've got a soccer ball. You've got a Frisbee. You've got, you've got you've each got other. You've got, you've got another sibling. You know how goddamn lucky you are? Go. Leave us alone. And then there was a, <laughs> a part of me that I was like, I, I, for a minute, I felt guilty that I was yeah. sitting there reading a book because I was like, maybe I should be hanging out with them. And I was like, no, 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 no. You're meant to be sitting here reading this book, enjoying this gorgeous day and teaching your daughters. Like they need to figure out the shit. They can yeah. figure it out. They're yeah. very capable of doing that. Um, but I do understand that we don't live in a world that's super supportive and encouraging of that. So I get it's sort of a little bit fun, it, going against the grain. So I think we live in a world that's like, it's parent centric and kids centric. And we are meant to do everything for our kids. And we are the last people that are meant to be served. And we're meant, you know, we are applauded for self to be selfless. And I'm like, can we just stop for a minute and talk about the world word selfless? Yep. We're applauding people who are without self. Right. Right. Like What? Like I just, so I, what I like to say to other people who are struggling with this is like, if you have children, you are a men, you are modeling behavior mm-hmm. that your kids will do in life. So remember that because I, one of the powerful questions I always say to people too, is like, would you want your kids to, to grow up like you? Would you mm-hmm. want your kids to live your life? Mm-hmm. And when I, in those years of the hustle and the grind and then 24 seven and always being on and always looking at my phone and being at dinner with my kids and like, oh, one minute, I just have to take this quick call. That was me. And I was basically saying to my daughters, that'll be you too. You're going to work your ass off. You're never going to have this beautiful uh, presence with your family because you're going to be consumed with with work. I was like, oh, hell no. I want my kids to see a healthy relationship to work. I want them to see a healthy relationship to self. Well, also autonomy over your own time. Yes. Yes. I want, I want to model the right behavior. And so for this woman who's, you know, was struggling, by the way, she's coming. She emailed me yesterday and said, fuck it. I'm coming. And yes. I said, that was the fuck best you, news Dave. of the day. That's the best <laughs> news of the day. And I said, what a be-, and my response was what a beautiful modeling that you're doing for your children, for your, mm-hmm. for your boys to see that yep. mom's time is valuable and she needs a timeout once in a while. But I love that and word that- sacred. I love that mm-hmm. word sacred. Because yes. it's, it's more than valuable. Mm-hmm. It's obligatory. It, it should be obligatory. Oh, for sure. It's, yeah. you know, I have time in my schedule where just block out time and it's like, I have nothing planned. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a whole nother conversation too. We just don't leave room for us to have just free time for anything. like, for ideas yeah. to come in, for us to brainstorm, for us to just literally let our minds rest. Right. Because we are yeah. constantly on 24 seven in this heightened state of awareness and like stimulation. And it's like, Ooh, God, there's so much nice Benefit, there's such so much benefit to just stopping. Yeah. And again, that's back like that was the the now like you know it was that it was recognizing that yes that benefits me and all these different things meditation and um you know all these things that I've learned and um realized that like I've integrated into my life that has made me more conscious more present more aware um and and making 
priorities and being really crystal clear with how I want to design my life. And so when I, you know, speaking to other women, they were like, I want that. Like I want, because it's a little overwhelming, right? Like how do you, how do you figure that out? Right? Like Mm -hmm. better life. How do I have a better life? It's like, you need a community that gives you resources, gives you support and allows you a safe space to explore those types of things without shame, because there's so much shame and so much tied to it that it's nice to have a a judgment judgment-free safe space for, to come together, to talk about the shit that matters, things that are top of mind for women, but not necessarily found in mainstream conversation. And that was how the network of women was born. It was really like, I was craving more. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do life differently. I wanted to be around women that were leaning into conversations that, that we were thinking about, but weren't like really talking about. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I want to talk about those things. I want to talk about mental health. I want to talk about sex. I want to talk about relationships. I want to talk about perimenopause. I want to talk about financial mm-hmm. literacy. I want to talk about women and investing. I want to, yes. I want to talk about parenting. I want to talk about just being a woman. Um, yeah. And you know, there's no, there's very few places, sadly, that exists that bring women together and allow these sort of conversations to happen and then provide support for women um, along the way. And that's what the network of women is. It's an in real life and digital community where we have programming to support women personally and professionally. And we talk about the stuff that matters. And, and I think that's really important. And we have women all over the globe. We're a global community and we were first in real life only and based in Manhattan. And then with COVID, we totally transitioned with the rest of the world to Zoom land. And then we were able to like have this huge reach when we went Zoom mm-hmm. and we got a global reach. And then now we're in our sort of third evolution, which is this hybrid model, which again, most companies are doing is like, how do we support our community in real life and um, right. in digitally? How do you have so that now, personal connection? Right. Because people yeah. want that people want to see people now, right? They want to actually do in-person events. So now um, we're doing a blend of in-person events. Like I mentioned, we have our um, retreat that's happening in July, which is about two and a half hours outside of the city in this beautiful area. This one is a rest, play, and connect retreat. So um, it's Friday through Sunday, and we're going to do some intention work. We'll do some hiking. We'll do some frolicking on the lake. Um, We'll do some meditation. We'll do some yoga. We'll make some really delicious food together. Um, and it's really, you know, we have a lot of free time that people can just lay in a hammock and read a book. And, you know, just again, as women, there's so much that's being, we're being tugged at in so many yeah. different directions all the time. You don't have to be a mom to be tugged at. You can be just, not just, you can be a woman that is childless. There's a million things tugging at our attention constantly. Mm-hmm. So to have an opportunity where you don't have to do laundry, where you don't have to think about food, where you don't have to think about what you're going to do for the weekend. God, I mean, thinking about like, what I'm going to eat takes up so right? much of my brain space. Yes. Can, and literally, if I could just show up to every meal and just have it in front of me, I, that this is why me I need a heaven. house husband. Yeah, yeah. I need a house husband. You do. You need, you need somebody, <laughs> you know what? There's this actually beautiful um, population of women that you need, that you need to look into. It's like stay at home moms that it's like the personal assistants, like stay at home moms that love what they do, but they want to do it for other people too, but they don't want a full-time job. They just, it's actually a this like this population. What and is like, that called? I don't know. I have to create it, but like, I know (laughs) that like in talking to some stay at home moms, they're like, yeah, I've got time on my hands. I'm like, Mm -hmm. can you be my wife too? Um, you know, can you be like, if they do love to cook, if they do love doing laundry because they meditate the whole time. Amazing. (laughs) 
It's amazing. I mean, that, that fills them. And I'm like, yes, we need you. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's, that's the retreat. And I'm just, I'm thrilled. We've had such success at these retreats. Women have made so, so many great connections. They have so many ahas. Again, it's that mm-hmm. space. It's making space in your life to just be without something to do. And so I, we allow for lots of pockets of time where people can just exist, where there's nothing expected of them. Go for a walk, go lay in a hammock, go, go into the lake, go for a swim, do whatever you want to do. Or we do stargaze walks at night, just like, you know, opportunities again for women to do things that they typically wouldn't be doing for themselves. And so it's a real treat. And so they sell out really quickly because as you can imagine, people want that. They want to be in that. They want, they want that gift. About how many people do you expect to be there? Yeah, the house is full. I think uh, I think it's eleven or twelve people. Um, so it's a small, it's a nice intimate group of women. But we do digital retreats as well. We just did a digital retreat about a month a half month and a half ago. What does that nine, look like? Oh, it was so great. So basically, it's just digital programming. So it's nine uh-huh. to one. It included. We started the day with um, actually some dance to sort of open up our. Um, creativity. And so we mm-hmm. had one of our members as um, part Egyptian and she did some um, belly dancing and got Ooh. us into like moving. And it was really sensual too, which was really mm-hmm. nice. Cause we just don't lean into sensuality, which is unfortunate because we're sensual right. beings. Again, right. something that society doesn't encourage because right. they associate right. it with sex, which is two, di- two different things. But no, anyway, this is terrible. What do you mean? Um, I know exactly. No one should be doing, no one should be doing sex. <laughs> and then, um, so we did, we started the day with that. And then we moved into like this beautiful art project that another um, member led us in. So we did this beautiful, it's actually a portrait. We did a self portrait of her foot and like grounding into the earth. It was like, and uh-huh. she's just like, literally you could watch her draw all day and you'd be mesmerized. She's just like this little, little angel. And she led us to this beautiful drawing. Um, and then we had panels, we had um, a panel discussion. Uh, we had three women talk about, um, it was really, it was about healing was the, was the whole retreat was about healing. Okay. And so um, the, the panel was called the other side of healing. So it was three women's journeys of get through, through, healing. And so they shared their experiences. Um, and then, yeah, we had another, we did a live podcast episode actually, cause we, I run a uh, podcast called below the surface at the now. So we had a, a live podcast, which was super fun. Um, and what else did we do? It was like, we had a sound bath. We had a yoga nidra and sound bath at the end of the day for like a closing to seal in the day. So we had an intentional networking. So people, we had breakout rooms so people could meet folks and have an opportunity to connect with people. So it was like, you know, just a full day of, of beautiful healing and connection. But so these things are exclusive to the members of now, right? So the workshops, um, our summits um, and our retreats, our members have first come like they get first okay. access. So our, our retreats never go, our, our in-person retreats never go beyond our members because they get this sells out, but our digital retreats, those are accessible to non-members mm-hmm. and our workshops are accessible to non-members. And um, we do have some programming that is open to the public. For example, we have things on our website that are public events that people can RSVP to that are free. So people can get a feel of what this community is about. So people are like, oh, this sounds good, but like, I don't know if this is my jam. Yeah. I get it. You know, you have to sort of, you have to feel people. You have to feel like, is this the kind of group that I feel that, that gels with who I am? Exactly. Is there alignment? So I always tell people, come feel it out. See what our community is about and see if that, if it feels right for you. Mm-hmm.
Just a quick break to remind you that this podcast is made possible because of the Audacious Founder Business Coaching. If you're an entrepreneur looking to build your business bigger and make more of an impact on this world, I am offering you a free 45-minute Audacity session with me. I've been running my own companies for over 10 years and have hit every obstacle there could possibly be, including my city shutting down because of a global pandemic. I know what it feels like to be overwhelmed in your business, to not know which direction to go and to feel stuck. And I know what it feels like to be working so hard but not seeing the progress that you want to see. My coaching is going to help you clarify your vision because over time, our visions tend to get a little foggy. Next, it's going to audacify your goals because most of us are not thinking large enough. And third, this coaching is going to help you reach these new audacious goals faster and more efficiently. This is how audacity coaching works, vision, goals, and strategy. So if you're ready to get motivated and excited about your business again, go ahead and send me an email at hello at audaciousfounder.com. Give me a brief description about what you feel has been holding you back and tell me all of the amazing things you want to achieve. I cannot wait to read these emails. And don't forget to include code podcast to make sure you get your free 45 minute session. Now, I hope you're enjoying this episode with Sarah O'Brien Hammond. Let's get back to the show. So I want to go back to when you are, you know, you're in your corporate job, you are just realizing that you're not fully fulfilled, but what exactly does that mean? Like, what did that feel mm. like in the moment? I think you touched on it in the beginning. What wasn't there that you needed? Yeah. Such Boundaries, a good question. Obviously, but yeah, no, such a good question because I'm actually doing a lot of consulting work on employee engagement and really like figuring out what it is, what are your motivators? What are your drivers? What do you want from life? And is your job serving that? Right. Because there's so many people that are just not happy in their jobs right. for a variety of different reasons. And you have to figure out like, is it, are you unhappy because of the hours? Are you unhappy because the work's not engaging? Are you unhappy because you don't feel valued? Are you unhappy because you don't feel a sense of belonging? Um, I think for me, it was about, I was, it was a little too narrow for me. So I was running the network of women on the side. And that was also re recruiting was my day job within an organization. And, um, what happened was like, I just felt it was too narrow. Like I bring so many gifts to the table and, and talents and skills that recruiting is just one thing I do. But like, I also do a lot of work about I coach job candidates in their job search. I help strategize with it, with employers. How are they going to build out their teams? I talk with them about engagement. How do we retain employees? I help you find them, but how, let's retain them. What are we going to do to retain them? So I was really, my firm didn't offer those services. It was like, we recruit and that's what we do. And so I think ultimately I was like, wait a minute here. I think I can make way more money. I think I can have so much more autonomy. I think that I can actually be more engaged and excited about the work I do every day if I did this on my own, mm -hmm. but I think there's not a, but with that is a lot of fear because I was making several hundred thousand dollars a year. And when you look at, we're taught again, security, stability, stay oh, where you are. Those are the are priorities. you, you going to make that money elsewhere? Well, guess what? I'm about to sign a deal. That's 
one third of what I was making at my last job in one deal. So yes, you can make it elsewhere, but we have this fear and there's limiting beliefs in our inner critic, and especially as women, it's loud. And so you have to surround yourself with people that are like, hell yeah, you're going to do this, Sarah, and you're going to kill it. Yeah. And you have to believe it. And finally I was like, what am I doing? I'm the hardest working person I know. Like, there's no way I'm not going to be successful. Yeah. I already have a business that's operating and it's successful. So even if I just worked on blowing that out, mm-hmm. I'd kill it. But yeah. I was like, but I also can do all these other things. And so it's actually like, I literally feel like Melissa, I'm just beginning. Like I, I, if, and like, I literally feel like I get up every day and I'm like, oh my God, like this is just the start. And I'm 47 and I've had a really successful life so far. So for someone at my age and level of success to feel like I'm just starting, mm-hmm. it's like really an exciting I was going to ask you to say your age again, because I feel like that is really inspiring. I just feel like there's so many old beliefs that are like, once you pass even like 40, once you pass yes. 40 and then 50, oh God, you're, you might as well be dead at 50 years old. You know what I mean? Like for women, I think there's still this feeling I logically, we don't believe it. Logically, we know we've got a lot of years left, but I think physically we have this feeling that once we hit 50, we become irrelevant. Yeah. I think that that's changing slightly, especially with, um, the great, uh, departure from that. We're seeing women in the workforce. I think mm-hmm. more women are, are saying like, wait a minute. Cause I think women in their forties, you're in your prime, the most powerful. Like you're, you're confident. Yeah. You know what you want. You know what you don't want. Yeah. You have experience. Like you are, oh my God, you're well positioned yes. to take on whatever you want to take on. But again, um, I was just on a call with a client prior to this call of like, there's a fear associated and, and this sort of false sense of stability, right? Like my company, there was like a false sense of stability. My company yeah. wasn't paying me. I was on a commission structure. I was making money for the deals I closed. Nobody was closing those deals except wow. me. Yeah. So, but there's a, that's sales in general, right? It depends yeah. upon the, you know, the platform the company's giving you. But the reality of it is, is that my success was due to me. There was nothing right. the company was giving me. And so when I, when you look at it from that lens and you're like, you could do this under your, in your bedroom, like you don't need that. But again, there's like this fear and this limiting belief that you have to get past. And it is, and I think the network of women is really powerful in that way is that you've got a, you've got a community of women that are like, yes, Melissa, you're not only going to do this, you're going to kill it. I'm curious, like, did did you talk to the community about this? Oh my gosh. Were yes. they part of helping you make this decision to, to leave that corporate position and start your own? Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm very transparent that with my community, that my goal was to eventually at some point when I was ready. And I don't think actually, to be honest with you, my company was that surprised by it. You know, it was a very yeah. de- amicable departure. You know, I, I have so much gratitude and appreciation. There's nothing, there's no ill will at all. Right, right, it's just right. a matter of like, I was ready. I'm ready for right. this next chapter. And so, um, so I was really clear that I don't know what the future is going to hold for me. I am going to take every day as it comes. Um, but it got to a point where I said, okay, it's time, it's time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so grateful. Thank you. But it's time for me to, to spread my How did wings. you know though? How did you know it was time? Well, I've been talking about it for way too long and I put a date, <laughs> I put a date down that I said, I have to be got, I, I, I will be, I'll have left my job or I will leave on this day. So I, I was really clear with like, and I told like my closest confidence 
confidants that I was doing this. And so there was Did like, you get the, sick of hearing yourself talk about yes. it without oh my God. action it's, or without it was, like really, it's disgusting. It made me <laughs> sick. I hated it. I'm like, Sarah, shut the F up. Like you're literally, if you're not going to do anything it. about it, Yeah. If you're not going to do anything about it, stop fucking saying it because guess what? People don't want to hear it. And mm-hmm. it's my biggest pet peeve is people complaining without action. Yes. It's my biggest, yes. it's like literally, cause I'm the opposite except as it related to that. But in general, <laughs> I'm like solutions oriented. I'm like, I'm a go-getter. Like if I, if something I will figure it out, like, I'm just like, let's yes, just, let's that's just how figure, I am too. Let's figure this out. But for yeah. people that are like, uh, you just like, it's, I don't like it. I'm like, well, what are you doing about it? Yeah, like, that's how I, and I am. I will too. say, mm-hmm. I will say, despite me talking about it and making it seem like I wasn't doing anything, I was creating, I was investing, I was um, saving money, I was creating a strategy. And so I was able to leave my job and not have to work for, you know, I, of course, this is part of the course. I've been out of work for maybe not out of work. I still run the network. I'm a woman. I've been, yeah. oh, I left my corporate job a week and a half ago. I already have several things that I'm, in the works. So like, I I thought I was going to get two weeks, two months off. I was like, take two months off. Yeah. That's not me. I'm already (laughs) like, you know, I'm already, no, but the point is having the option. The point is having the option. The point is you have these clients in the pipeline and Mm -hmm. you could very easily be like, hi, I would love to work with you. And I'd love to lock in this contract now, but I'm not going to start working on it until 30 days from now. You know, having yep. that option and having the, um, the, the money in the bank that you can say, you know, I'm not, I'm exactly. making these decisions based on really what's right for me. Not because exactly. I need to pay bills just because that's, I want to take some time off. And I that's what, freedom. you know, that's, that's really was the work that I was doing while I heard myself saying, I want to mm-hmm. get out of here. This isn't serving me was like, okay, well, how are we getting to a point where you can leave and not feel like, oh my God. I, you know, I'm not making that money in, and yes. realizing that it's like, okay, you could take a breath and right. the freedom and like the emancipation that it comes from that, you know, it's, it feels like, oh, it's really, yeah. um, it feels like it would be a little more stressful because people are like, oh my gosh, you don't know where that money is. So other come. people are stressed. Other people yeah. are stressed for you. <laughs> I think that not necessarily from my situation, but when I talk to other women that want to leave, there's yeah. this level of stress of like, well, you know, what if that money's not coming in and it might not yeah. come in right away. But again, that's why you have to be, you know, fiscally responsible when you make these decisions. You can't, you can't just jump ship when you don't have money saved and you haven't thought right. about, you know, some type of planning. You don't have to have it all figured out. I don't, my, my boss said to me, can I ask what you're going to be doing? And I said, well, you know, I run this other company, so I will continue to build this and scale this other company. But to be honest with you, like it's still working. It's still evolving because it's like, I didn't, I don't have it all figured out yet. And that's life. And I think too, back to like sort of our societal messages of like figuring it out, having it all figured out. Part of life is letting it unfold in front of you. And so, you know, these opportunities that are coming to me, which by the way, are amazing. I'm not seeking them out. I'm just open. And Mm -hmm. so to your point, I'm like, yes, I'd like to explore that. Not right now, not Mm -hmm. right now. Or, you know, I'm not taking on any new clients right now. Like let's, let's revisit in a couple months, Mm -hmm. by the way, that makes you more desirable. Just an FYI. Like people are coming out of the woodwork and they're like, can we, set a time to talk. I want to know what you're doing. I want to be involved in what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Of course you do. But <laughs> you know, but I mean, you know, I'm not available. I'm taking a little bit of time. Let's talk in two months. Yeah. That makes people want to know even more 
And but look at that involved. though. That's, that's living in abundance. I feel like a broken record. Yes. I feel like I say this whenever somebody says something like that, I'm always like, that's abundance. That's abundance. You know? And, and I think a lot of us live in the other place, scarcity. scarcity. And we're like, Oh, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Somebody's calling. I got to get it right now. got to yes. lock them in right now. You know? And no, it's, it's okay. Yes. I know you want to be a part of this because what I'm doing is amazing. Right. The hard part is getting to the point where you can say and really feel that, right. It's like right. one thing to say it too, but then to really, really feel that to be like, you know what? I'm saying no to this person because I know I've got bigger things happening here, you know, yep. or, or because I know that I need some time for myself. And I know there's going to be a long list of people waiting for me when I come back. Yep. You know, and it goes like, back to like what you were saying, what we were saying earlier about like what with my clients would call and I would respond in two seconds, you know, it's scarcity. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the same right. thing. You know, it's like, it's, you know, I liken it to like back in the day when you're dating and, you know, you didn't call a guy right back or, you know, yeah. there's like this desire that sort of grew there. Right? right. And so, you know, again, I'm not saying hard to get, I'm just saying that like, you're not saying beautiful... you have to play the game. It's like, yeah, you no. have to play the game from an authentic place. Yes. Like you're, you're not space. trying to, yeah, you're not trying to like use a strategy here. You're just trying to do what feels right for you. 100%. Yeah. And I will, I, I cannot, that's one of my life's biggest lessons that I've learned and continue to learn is that space is a beautiful thing that brings mm. so much. I've, um, I'm, I've always been that person formerly that person, like any minute, like if I'm going for a run, I'll put my, I'll listen to a podcast. If I'm on the subway, I've got my book. If I'm in the car, I'm listening to something, right? If ever you can multitask, you are, because why not? Right. You got to utilize. But as we know, multitasking is not effective. Like we should never be multitasking. Like, and again, well, if you're walking and listening to a podcast, that's a different story. Well, it depends what you're, what you're trying to get out of it. Right. Like if you, if you think you're trying to relax, you're not relaxed. Uh, well, you know True. what? Everybody's idea of relaxation is different. What is so relaxing? I don't, I, I don't, know I don't need is. to. Yeah. I don't need to necessarily. Um, yeah. I don't need to, to define other people's idea of what relaxation means, but I think that we tend to fill every minute of every You're time right. with something. I can't, sometimes I take baths, like hot, relaxing baths. I'll light candles, but I can't sit there and do nothing. I it's have to easy. put on Netflix. I have to attempt to read a book. I have to text. I can't right, just like, think there. about Think about, I know, listen, listen, you're, you're talking to someone that's you're, I, I'm the same You're the way. choir. I am like, I am the choir. I get it. But it's like, I have to force myself. And there's a reason that people yeah. come with, come up with brilliant ideas in the shower. Cause there's no, you can't literally do anything else. Right. Yep. Maybe you've got the, maybe you've got music on, but like, you can't really watch T. I mean, maybe people have TVs in their shower, but like most people don't. So it's right. really one of the only times that we're right. isolated in doing just one thing. Right. And a thing that doesn't require, right. It's just like unconscious. Uh-huh. It's behavior. autopilot. Yeah. So you don't have to think about it. And so it allows like, you're like, Oh, that's right. Like, Oh shit. I forgot to do that. Or things come to you and you're like, Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. I should connect with that person. And so the more that you allow for that opportunity, that time to sit, um, that time to allow, and it's hard. Like I, it's when that I used state to brainwave state. 
Yes. You have to allow yourself. Like I used to do yoga and you know, I'm, I still do yoga, but like back in the day, I'd be hardcore, like get to the yoga class, power yoga, sweat my face off. And they'd be like, okay, now Shavasana. And literally it'd be like maybe two minutes, maybe. Right. Cause this is New York city. We don't got time for Shavasana. And, um, in that you two get minutes, so mad at them, by the way, I would be twitching in the, for the two minutes. Like I literally would be Whoa. twitching. I would be like, I can't sit in this. Like I can't, Literally, Melissa, I cannot sit in Shavasana long enough. Like I just got home from um, a breakfast meeting and I walked in my bedroom and I lay down and I meditated at 10 o'clock in the morning for 40 minutes. And I was like, oh, I got up and I'm like, oh God, so much. I got so many downloads in that time. And I was like, yes. But again, it's not, it's, I am not consistent always. And it's a work in progress. So Mm -hmm. I am not like sitting here from the throne saying, this is what you should do. This is me being like, I try and it's not perfect. It's, it's like, it's progress. And it's like, that's the most important thing is recognizing that's, it's not always perfect. Yeah. It rarely actually ever is, but there's progress being made and that's a success. And giving yourself grace, right? Like, okay, maybe I wanted to wake up at 5 a.m. and meditate for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I woke up late and then I had to rush to get my kid to school. But then I came home at nine o'clock and I meditated. Yeah. You I, for 15 elsewhere. minutes. Yeah. You know, so, like mm-hmm. it's it's okay. You know, but the point is that you're gonna try again the next day and the next day and the next day. And you just do what you can do without beating on yourself about it. So true. Grace is yeah. such an important thing. Yeah. It's very important to, to always have that and, and always just be gentle on yourself because mm-hmm. you know, just like that Adele song, you know, be easy on me. It's like, yeah. I, it literally brings me to tears every time I hear that song, because we are just so hard on ourselves. Yeah. And if we just were a little easier, right. And, um, it's just something I try to remind myself of, especially as during this transition, when, I'm such a driver for me to sort of take that foot off the gas a little bit and realize that you've been driving for so long, Sarah, like just let's coast a little bit and it's okay. And your, your worth is not directly tied to your money or, you know, your success. Like you want your worth to be tied to be something so much more important and impactful than those things. Um, but again, we're not necessarily rewarded for that in our culture, right? It's about who's got the most money, who's got the biggest car, who's got the biggest house. It's like, Ooh, wow. So you're going to say who's got the biggest boobs. That's what I thought. Yeah. Who's (laughs) who's got the biggest boobs? Well, you're in Florida, right? I'm in Miami. So so top of mind. mind. Exactly. New York. We're not, we're not so boob crazy, but, uh, who's got the best plastic surgery. I don't know. Yeah. And then their face, maybe. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Here, a lot of the car thing is here too. Right. Yeah. It's like for sure. this morning I was parked behind a Tesla and I think in front of a Mercedes or something. And I've got my, yeah. my Hyundai, you know, you've got what serves you. And it's yeah. like, it's be, it's a beautiful thing to, and it's also, a nice car, you know? So it's like, I have no reason to really, yeah, of course. Yeah. But it's also that comparison, right? It's this comparison game. And it's especially when we live in these cities where, you will never have everything, you know, there's always someone's got more more. and there's always someone that's got less. And so if you can be really clear on what Melissa needs and what makes you happy. Yeah. And you know, that's that I wasn't clear on that when I, when I hit 42, you know, that just made me think about, uh, just having a community of women. I mean, having a community, I think, I think there's so much value in having that community of women specifically. Um, but just like even thinking about that, those things, right? Thinking about what is my 
my best life look like? It's so much different than sitting across, even on Zoom, it's, it's better, more beneficial, more advantageous sitting across from somebody on Zoom or a couple people, you know, in a virtual mastermind or something and having these kind of conversations with people than just sitting in our own thoughts with them. Because I feel like, I don't know, saying them out loud. This is why I think coaching is so powerful mm-hmm. because when we say things out loud to another person and there's something about that other person receiving it and mm-hmm. maybe even sending it back, maybe sending it back and giving us another perspective on it. That is just so much more powerful when it comes to personal transformation and personal mm. growth. 100%. Like I think, and we're so in our heads so, so often. Right. And so sometimes we have this thing called group at the network of women and it's a circle share and it's based on prompts and a facilitator gives prompts and there's some reflection and some journaling and then sharing. And the sh- it's just a share circle. So basically we kind of give a prompt, like something might be like, Melissa, what are you carrying right now? That's really heavy that you'd like to lay down for just a minute. And people think about that. Like, what do they want to just set down for yeah. just a minute? Whether it's responsibility, whether it's commitment, whether it's shame, whether whatever, whatever. So people journal, we give people time to journal and then people share. And the most beautiful thing happens is they share and the people in the group just hold space. So nobody gives feedback. Nobody talks. Whoa. So, I mean, how- That gives me goosebumps. How not, I mean, what a novel idea because we're constantly getting feedback, constant, unsolicited in many instances. Oh, I hate unsolicited. And so so my point is that sometimes you can just say something and it can help you get to the solution. There was a woman once who shared, you know, something really intimate about her partner, her and her partner and some struggles they were having and- you know, it, it was like, I knew a person, like I knew a person that that person could talk to. Mm. I knew a person. I kind of had the introduction. I could help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because that's what we want to do. That's what we're wired to do. Right. We're wired to solve and help other people. Right. Especially if you are somebody who is a problem solver, like naturally. That's yeah. how I am. If you're too. human like, design, okay, I, got a, like, I got like five solutions for you, right? Yeah. Here. If you're go. a manifesting generator, like yes. you're there to help people, but so, but nope, tight lipped, nothing. We're That's just hard. here to support, right? So this person releases this stuff, really get the big stuff, releases it. Yeah. Weeks later, Anima comes in and says, just wanted to let you know because of the group, because of that space, because of the opportunity to share, this resolution has happened. I don't without think it, anybody's help, right? Without, and without their own, with, with just with their own awareness and talking yes. through it. And so there's benefit to, yes, having a group, knowledge share, brainstorming. Yeah. We have a monthly um, entrepreneur mastermind at the now where we all, all these entrepreneurs get together and we have like, we talk about newsletters, we talk about social media, we talk about being a solopreneur, we talk about like all this stuff. Yeah. And then we knowledge share, right? Because that's the beauty of having like a whole bunch of entrepreneurs together. So there's a benefit to that. But then there's a benefit to like just releasing things just yeah. to let it go, right? Oof. And then yeah. to just see what comes from that? So that's, that was a prime example of like, no, 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 no. This group is sacred. This group is what it's a small group and um, it's really personal. And it's this beautiful opportunity for women to share. 
and to not feel like they're going to be work their their thoughts and feelings are going to be workshopped because everything's fucking workshopped right all your feelings that's are always true. workshopped oh well that's probably due to the fact that this happened to you sarah or maybe are you feeling that because of this no 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 i just want to feel it yep. and i want you to shut up <laughs> and let me talk yeah I love that. I love it. Seems like a novel idea, but it's like, it's so easy. That is a novel idea to me. Like, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. I mean, you know, obviously I've heard of group therapy, but it's not that, right? No. It's not, you say it and and they just hold it. And you just hold that space for you. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, you hold that space for you. And I think that again, like the now, it's just like, there's not enough places where the things like that happen and where you can find community where we're not trying to solve everything. Um, we're just trying to give people a space, women, a space to be able to expand in whatever way they want to expand personally and professionally. And, you know, some women come because they want to find, you know, increase their social network. Some women come because they just, they want a community of women. That's not their friends where they can be maybe more authentic and honest. Um, and some women maybe want like professional guidance. Like one, one member is like actually quite younger. I would say most women are over 40 in the, in the network of women, but we have a 29 year old mm-hmm. and she's, I'm like, I like tried to talk her out of it. I was like, I don't know, Jess, if this is the right group for you. Like it's women that are, you know, at this point in their professional career, we're dealing with like, you know, perimenopause or, you know, whatever. Like, she's like, no, no, no. I actually like want to be around this kind of community for mentorship, for guidance. Like I want to be prepared to know what I'm walking into later in life. I was like, if my child is half as aware as this young woman, I would be happy. Like I was like, Jess, but that's so important. That's so important. Like if you think about it, that's how, humanity started. We had these little villages that we had old, young, middle, whatever. And everybody was always together. Now we're all segregated. We're all separated. Like, I mean, at least for me, like I don't have any grandparents left. So I don't have, you know, and I'm, I'm not super close with my family. So like, I don't have a lot of, and, and to find mentors, like how else do you find people who have done it before you? You know, you have to be surrounded by a variety of different women. And actually I listened to a podcast that you were on just earlier and you were just talking about how important the diversity is in the group. Mm, So, I mean, diversity in all the different ways. Yeah. I think that diversity is, fuels everything. I think that, you know, that's where empathy is born. That's where Mm -hmm. true understanding is born. Um, And so we make a real conscious effort at the now to be a really diverse group. And like you said, in all ways, like race, um, sexual orientation, experiences, socioeconomic class, like we, it's really important because if I, and most people quite frankly, just surround themselves with bobbleheads of themselves. And so, you know, that's unfortunate, but like, when you think about it, and I asked this question of many people and similarly, it's, it's somewhat easy to fall into that. Right. Because like I could fall into it because my daughter's, you know, their, their soccer team, the parents, a lot of them look like me are on the same socioeconomic class as me, my daughter's school, but where they choose to go, you know, there's a lot of similarity. And so what's really courageous is to put yourself in environments in which you're the minority. Right. And so putting yourself in environments where I am the only white person or one of few white people, right? Or I'm, you know, I seek out diversity. So I will reach out to women of color. I will reach yeah. out to women who 
come from different walks of life than me intentionally will reach out and introduce myself and talk about the community and welcome them in. And so it's not like, you know, we're in pride month, right? You see a million and one flags, every company on LinkedIn. Now they have the flag that we're, we're, we're pride. We support pride. It's like, where are you the other 11 months of the year, right? So it's not, you can't just put a, an inclusivity sign up. Right. You've got to be elite and inclusive. And believe me, I'm constantly working on it. I'm not like Brene Brown and others that are like, um, you know, in this line of work and anti-racism work. Like I work on it. I, I'm in anti-racism work. I'm just not like an expert in that field. So it's like constantly a learning and an evolution. Um, but you have to put yourself in environments with different people in order to get diversity. And I think that there's a real comfort with people, understandably so, I get it, that yeah. like you just wanna go around people who are similar because it's easy, it might be easier, but yeah. easier doesn't necessarily mean richer. It doesn't it mean doesn't like mean better. You know, better. It doesn't mean like, yeah. you know, uh, greater empathy. Like there's just so many benefits. I'm literally as we thinking know. about my dating life because I'm always drawn to people who are so different than me. And mm-hmm. for a while I was thinking, you know what, let me just find somebody who grew up like me who maybe looks like me a little bit in certain ways, you know, uh, whatever, who had, you know, whatever. So we can share the same inside jokes and blah, blah, blah. Right. But I don't, I just don't like them. I do not like them. And well, there's like a reason me. they don't like me, but that just reminded me of that. It has nothing to do with anything. No, it ha- there's a reason opposites do attract. And so, you know, I look at, I just always tell people like, think of the five people that you spend the most time with and do an audit of your life. Yeah. And are those people bobbleheads of you? And are you putting yourself, because those are the greatest influences in your life. The five people you spend the most time with are your greatest influences. They influence you. They influence your decision-making. Um, they have a very big impact on your life. So those choose those five, five people wisely, I always say. Um, I was also having a conversation with my ex the other day because mm-hmm. I had a little bit of a conflict with one of my friends. And so I was you know, asking his advice on it. And he started telling me about how he was having issues with his friends. And so Mm -hmm. we both then started talking about how do we level up our friendships? Like, how do we deal with the expectations that we have of the people that are around us? And then what do we do with that? Do we just accept um, like mediocre kind of behavior? Do we accept behavior that doesn't add any value to our lives? Or Or is against even against what you believe, right? Like I have friends that like have different beliefs where I'm like, wait a minute, I've got to rethink this relationship because these are really important topics and, and, and issues that we feel really differently on. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you can sit there with that person, because we're also talking about the value of those differing opinions, right? Sure. So Good if point. we can sit there and have like some sort of a conversation that either both of us, ha- our minds expand, or at least one of us have our minds expand, right. then there's value there. But there's so many people that are not willing to look at their beliefs and to have an open conversation about why do I believe this? What does that mean? How am I living my life? How is this reflected in my life? Um, that it becomes just this like sort of negative energy that's put out. Mm. And I feel like that's what you're talking about. Those are the relationships where you have to then uh, evaluate them and be like, is this what I want? Because this is ultimately, if you were in my five person circle or whatever, you are a reflection of me. Yes. 
And so then what am I choosing to do? Am I choosing to put myself around you, put on a fake smile and just like pretend that I'm having a good time? Or am I willing to put myself in an uncomfortable position because I I don't know anybody or I'm intimidated by new people or, you know, these people are more accomplished than me. And that, that makes me feel again, intimidated, you know, what's better. And so Mm. I was telling him like, you need to go to more networking events. You need to join a mastermind. You need to go to like a conference or something. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. But Mm -hmm. yeah, me too. Like, I'll go with you. Let's go, man. Because I want to be around those kind of people too. Yeah. And that evolves too over time. Right. And I think that friendships do run their course and there are times when those relationships are more prevalent than not. And I think think that's true. Like that's what I was thinking about today. For sure. Like I have friends that, um, like dear friends that just were kind of in different directions, right? Like my business is taking off and I'm in a different place in my life than they are. And so for me, it's not, doesn't necessarily benefit me to be around that energy because I'm in a different space. And it's not like I'm not, it's just, I'm choosing to, um, respect and, and honor the space right now that we're sort of have with each other. And they still mean something to me, those people, I still care about them, but right now my energy sort of like focused on this. And so, Mm. um, I think it's important to surround yourself with folks. Like you were saying, like I'm leveling up my business. I'm, I need to be around women who are making, you know, a million dollars. That's where I'm heading. So I want to be around people who have made that because that's going to be me very soon. And so I want to model my behavior. I want to know what they're doing. I want to learn from them. You know, they're Mm -hmm. mentors. Like I have so many mentorship is so important. And I think the now provides that opportunity. It's not, we have formal mentorship programs, but then we also have just like mentors that like people that don't even know that they're someone's mentor, right? Like that you just look up to that person. And they're like, that actually person's actually like a real mentor to me. I said something that to someone else the other day, I said, wow, you've been such a great mentor to me. And she said, oh my God, are you kidding me? She's like, you are such a baller. Like I, like idolize, like I just, you, I look up to you so much. I can't believe that you'd look up to me. And I was like, of course I do. Like mm-hmm. you've done so much, but sometimes you, and it's important to tell people too. Cause I think sometimes we, yes. we look up to people and we don't tell them and we should, because like, it's such a beautiful compliment for someone to say, like, you've really inspired me oh, to course. take this action or do this thing or what have you. And people are like, and I think women wow, invalidate I value themselves. That. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> they need to hear that. And that's part of why these communities, like, that's another reason why these communities are important because women need to hear the things that they feel uncomfortable saying to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Even even people listening today, like who's impacted you? Like who's helped you just send them a text Mm -hmm. and say, thank you for being you. Like literally that is so impactful. Like, thank you for shining a light in my life. Like if you got Mm -hmm. that text, wouldn't you just be like, Oh, that made my day. And so I think we need to do more of that for women, especially because we all, despite your level of success, despite what the exterior might look like, we are all walking around with a lot of um, doubt and, uh, Mm. you know, constantly like my limiting belief it's there. It's like, you know, I I work to silence it. It's, it's certainly less and quieter than it's been, but like, we all have it, right? Because it's like, it's there. And so don't think that the woman standing next to you who looks like she just walked out of a magazine, like so put together, so confident, got everything looks perfect. Don't think that she doesn't have those limiting beliefs either. And so, you know, we have to help each other out that way. 
I did this motivational workshop once and I'm not going to do the whole exercise here because it would take forever, but there was this one exercise that we did where everybody closed their eyes and they basically made you feel fear. Like there was, um, Mm -hmm. the leader, the host or whatever you want to call him. Uh, he was just telling you various things that like, okay, you feel really scared of this person. You feel really scared of all these people. They think these terrible things about you. And then he flipped it and he was like, they think that you're thinking that about them. They think that you think they're not good enough. They think that you think their outfit is ugly or that they're ugly or that they're an idiot, you know? And so when you start to look at people like that, you start to look at them, not as if, oh, look at this pompous person who thinks that they're all that you start looking them, looking at them like they're a human, like they have insecurities, just like you do, just like everybody does, even if they've been able to get them under control enough that they can present themselves differently. Right. Uh, I was listening to a podcast today by Ed Milet Mm. and he was talking about how his like work, his personal self-development work has been building confidence. And so he's able to step into a room, step on the stage and be this big, loud, confident man, but he has always battled all of these crazy insecurities. And it's so funny because you look at him and you're like, (laughs) This bro, this guy's in the gym every day. He thinks he's the shit. Like if anybody says anything to him, he's just going to like slap him in the head right? because he's huge. Um, but no, he's not going to take it personally. He's not going to be impacted by it. But the reality right. of it is, is that everybody is. And if you yeah. can walk into a situation with an open heart, um, mm-hmm. the untethered souls a great book. Oh, that, I love that book. I love that book. It's so good about, you know, and the four agreements is really wonderful as well about like not taking things personally, mm-hmm. not making assumptions showing up and just doing very hard showing up and doing your best. Like these little things that, you know, if you just like, I constantly, and cause I'm in the middle of reading, reading on tethered soul, like I'll walk into a situation and I'll feel really frustrated not just like open heart, like your heart mm. is open. And so if I'm behind a person on fifth Avenue, that's walking slow, I'm like, Ugh! I'm like open heart. And it just changes it. Right. Like back to your earlier point, like if you walk in and you're like, you see this woman and you could immediately go to like, Oh God, like I look like a slob. Like she looks like, so like she's got it together as yeah. opposed to like, wow, she looks fabulous. And like, mm. you know, just changing that narrative and it changes everything. I think I attribute a lot of my success to my mindset and I walk into every situation positive. Like I just, it's going to happen. It's everything's yeah. figure outable and I'm happy and I'm genuine, genuinely excited to see people. And so yeah. that has been a, I think contributed to greatly to my success because that's the way people treat you. So when I walk into situations and I I'm that way, I get that in return. And so it's been, you know, I don't do it because I'm going to get it in return. I do it because that's who I am. Right. Um, but your mindset is everything. Yeah. I think too, like walking into those kind of situations, it has to be something that is at the tip of your awareness, right? You have to be like, okay, I am aware that I'm feeling insecure about my belly or my skirt or my hair or, or that I'm not going to be as intelligent as these people or knowledgeable as these people Mm -hmm. in the room, right? You, I think you have to identify the insecurities. And then I think you have to sort of literally in your mind, like pick them up and put them in a drawer, close the drawer and be like, okay, I, I acknowledged you now I'm putting you away and I'm now going to show up as happy, energetic, enthusiastic, or whatever those characteristics that you want to show up as you, you have to like 
be super aware that, okay, this is my purpose for being here. Mm -hmm. This is what I want to accomplish by being here. And this is how I'm going to show up to every conversation that I have tonight. Right. And I think doing that, you like, literally, you're just pushing those insecurities to the side and and removing your focus. Yeah. But I think it's that awareness that is the important part. And I think people don't take the time to really think about, okay, how am I going to walk into this room? You know, what do I want to achieve? How do I want to impact people? Because that's, I mean, when you're networking, that's, you need to be conscious of the, the impression that you're leaving on people, because that is your whole point of being there is to connect. Yep. That's a, it's such a great point. I, I, um, coach people on networking and it's like, what, what is your intention? What do you want to get out of this? Mm -hmm. What do you want to give? Mm. why do you want people to receive you? Right? Like I'm always dumbfounded when I walk into a networking event and you've got women that like look you up and down and are, you feel like you're being judged and, or people that are just with their wingman and they're not really, you know, working the room. I'm like, why did you even bother coming? Because for me, I make it like, I'm going to meet five new people. Really Uh good. That's good. I never do that, but I need to set a number. And it's good because what will happen It's sometimes when you're in a bad a conversation, that's like kind of not going well, this is a little tip for people is that you, it's easy to say to them, make it about, you don't want to take up too much of their time. So I usually say, so I set a goal for myself. I'm going to meet five people tonight Ooh, and, it's I, a good out. and I, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time and I want to meet my goal. So it was yeah. such a pleasure meeting you, Melissa. Um, looking forward to like, let's certainly connect on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and um, good luck tonight. I hope you make some great connections and um, have a great night. Boom. Yeah. And I exit, exit left. You know, I don't, I just make it about like this goal and I do have that goal. Right. It's not like I'm lying, but it's a, it's a nice way to sort of like segue out of a conversation, especially right, if the conversation is, is just not going, it's not benefiting you. Right. You're like, right. okay, I know that this, this person is not really this. We're not going to have a relationship beyond this. So I'm going to yeah. exit, exit stage yeah. left right about now. So that reminded me too, of like when I am at networking events and that does happen with a woman who is giving me that sort of side eye, I go up to her with like the biggest smile I, or like the warmest kind of energy that I can muster in the moment. And I go up to her and I'm just like, hi, what's right. your name? What do you do? Like, blah, blah, blah. Right. And immediately her whole entire energy changes. Yeah. Cause it's not, it's just insecurity. So I think totally. if you can look past why people are the way they are, which yep. is a very hard thing. Again, back to the four agreements, it's, we take things personally and yeah. we make assumptions. And so yeah. if we could just get past, like the reality of it is, is that people are looking at you that way because if they got their own things. And so yeah. it's, none of it is about you, right? The mm-hmm. way people treat you is nothing to do with you. It's their reaction to you. And so mm-hmm. it, that, but that takes a lot, um, of work to, to be bigger than that. And to not be like, Oh, who does she think she is? You know, versus, you know what? She's probably feeling just as insecure as I feel right now. I don't know anybody here. This is really uncomfortable. I'm going to break the ice and, and actually like say hello to her. And so I think it's a beautiful, a beautiful example of like how we should be to one another and realizing and humanizing, humanizing each other. Right. Cause yeah. it's sometimes we hold each other to these unrealistic expectations and we're like, no, 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 no. We're trying to break down those unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Let's not, let's not try to uphold them. Yeah, exactly. This is so fun. I'm so glad that we like had this. I feel like we could talk for forever. I do too. It's already been an hour. <laughs> 
Okay. So I want to go ahead and get to my audacious advice questions, which are a series of questions that I pretty much ask everybody. I generally tweak them a little bit based on who I'm speaking to. Okay. So the first one is what does audacity mean to you? I think audacity is just, um, having the courage to step beyond your comfort. I think it's like going a little bit beyond your comfort zone and living outside of this, this, um, zone of of security. I think that of comfort, I think we live a lot of our life in this zone. And Mm -hmm. as you and I both know, expansion truly only happens when you're in the, uh, in the zone outside of that, the the exterior zone. So I think like audacious, and I think like there's a lot of like negative connotations with, with audacity. Yes. Um, but for me, I feel like it is um, taking bold moves and having the courage to take bold moves. I agree. I agree. Whenever I think of audacious, I think of drag queens mm. because they are, I think, the most audacious. They are stepping out of every boundary that society yeah. usually I mean, puts us in, right? Yes. And they are being the most bold, the most loud, the most in your face, right. you know, and, and the most unapologetic. And I feel yes. like if any of us just got even an ounce's worth of that much more audacity into our like daily life recipe that we would be doing so many more things that we really, really enjoy doing. Mm. We would all be so much happier, have so much more energy, you know, have better relationships. Agreed. Yeah. If there was one thing that you wish you knew growing up, what would it be? I think that I just wish I knew earlier that there was a different way. I think that I wish I knew earlier that the, the hustle and the grind and the, um, yeah, this like accessibility and 24 seven mentality. I just wish I knew earlier that there was, there's another way. And I wish I worked smarter, not Mm. harder. And so I think like at my earlier self, I would say, Hey, let's think a little bit more strategically because you can get to the same outcome working less and smarter. And so I think, you know, I've, I've worked really hard and I think that I didn't need to work as hard. Yeah. And, and, and I love hard work. I li- love working, but I just think like, God, what could I have accomplished at this point? If I, how much more could I have accomplished at this point? If I had just been a little bit more strategic and in general, I tend to be a person who goes out of the gates really strong and not always thinking everything through, which can be a positive and a negative. Um, but you know, again, like just, I'm always trying to incorporate more strategy so I can work mm-hmm. smarter, not harder. Do you think part of that strategy would have been like planning more long-term for sure. Like, I think okay. absolutely like fiscal, uh, financial literacy, like, you know, I think I tell the ki- kids, the younger generation that work for me, like max out your 401k, like yeah. educate yourself on investments. Um, because I think there's a lot there, a, there's a lot associated with that hard work because it was like this feeling of being without, right. Because the, right. I didn't just want to work hard because why the hell not? I worked hard because I, there's a, there's a level of scarcity that I was like, I, I have to work hard because yeah. I have to make money because if I don't have money, then I'm going to be homeless, you know? Right. And, and if so, the gears stop running for like 10 right. seconds for a week, you know, right. then everything comes crashing down. And as we know, like you don't actually, um, and you don't generate wealth through your, through your income. 
right? You don't generate, you generate wealth through investments. You don't like, no matter how much money you make, it'll never make, give you enough money for retirement, right? Because that's not what, that's not, it's in through investments. It's through working smarter. It's through compound interest. It's through different ways, right? But again, I was, I didn't know any of that. So I was like operating on like, I just got to make more money. I just got to make more money, but I was making more money, but I wasn't doing anything with it. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't until later in life that I really became financially literate that I was like, holy shit. Like, and then also guess what? I don't need to be making a gazillion dollars to meet my financial needs for later in life. Like I can, you know, I know how much money I need to retire. Okay, great. Then you work backwards. Okay, great. That means I have to put X amount of money aside a month. Um, and, and, X, Y, and Z to be able to get to that number. But when you don't, we're not literate and you're not aware of that. You just think you need more versus like actually realizing, no, 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 get really clear on what you need. And yeah. sometimes you don't know that until a little bit later in life, like in your 30, maybe, you know, in your twenties, you might not know. So just max out your 401k. Maybe yeah. you don't get into investments or maybe get an IRA or maybe get, you know, do some mutual funds and put some money away. Like even just a little amount. If I'd been started in my twenties, I just think, wow, I could be at such a different place. And so that's probably, you know, it's all tied together, right? Like it's, yeah. it's the hard work and looking different, looking at it differently. Like I wouldn't have had to work so hard cause I would have been putting money aside and had been, um, the so earlier you put things aside and start investing the, the earlier yeah. and the quicker you're going to meet your goals. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Same, same here. How do we get more women into the business world? Well, I think that women need to see examples. They need to be included. They needed to see, they need to, um, companies need to recognize the value of having women at the helm. Um, and I think that, you know, fortunately generations after us are really demanding that. And I think optics are really important. Your reputation, your comp, we have a lot of conscious consumerism that's happening right now where they're demanding that there's diversity at all levels. Mm -hmm. And so I applaud that conscious consumerism because I think we should be, um, I think we should be rewarding the companies that are doing the right thing. And so I think we need to continue demanding that as, as people, right. You need to put your money where your mouth is. Don't spend money on Amazon. Don't have an Amazon prime account. That's not benefiting anybody. Um, actually it's making the world worse, but, um, and also the conditions in which the Amazon workers, it's just horrible, but again, it's conscious consumerism, right? Like I want to put my money behind companies where they're doing the right work, mm-hmm. where they are having diversity at the helm, where they're, um, celebrating uniqueness and, and differences. And so I just, in, to answer your question, like, what do we need to do? I think we need, to, we need to be conscious consumers and we need to demand it is how we get more yeah. women in, in, in business. Awesome. What is your biggest, most audacious goal going forward? I think my biggest goal is to just live. And I, I say it's audacious because um, I think it's going beyond where I'm currently at. And I think it's living really, truly in alignment with the, with with my life's design of the way I want it designed. <laughs> Meaning like really living in the in the best version of my life, like mm-hmm. identifying it and then living it. Yeah. And so right now I'm trying to, I'm not trying, I'm working on identifying like how many days a week I want to work. What are the hours that I want to work? Where do I want to do with my time? Where do I want to travel? What do I want my relationship with my husband to continue to look like? What do I want my relationship with my daughters to look like? How much time do, you know, where do I want to 
how much time do I want to spend with my friends? What? So really getting clear on all of those things. So again, back to my earlier point, when I was younger, like if I, if I was clear, I would have probably been in a different situation and not have yeah. worked so hard. And similarly, like, I want to be really clear. Like I said, like I'm, you know, in the second part of my life, right? Like I'm 47. So now I'm moving into another part of my life and I want to li- literally eat, breathe, drink, hear everything that life has to offer. Like that's yeah. the way I want to live my life. And so I got to be really clear on what that means. That sounds audacious to me. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That's what I want to do too. <laughs> Especially the eat part. Mm, for sure. Yep. 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 How can people get in touch with you? Where can they connect with you? Thanks. So they can connect on Instagram at the now NYC. Um, I'm on uh, LinkedIn, Sarah O'Brien Hammond and and I'm reachable at Sarah at the now NYC. So you can pretty much catch me in any of those places. Yeah. And um, yeah, would love people to, to follow and to join. There's lots of opportunities for people to get a taste of what we do. So we'd love to invite them. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for your time today. This was such a great talk. Yeah. Thank you so much, Melissa, for having me. I really enjoyed it. Good. Good. Awesome. Thanks so much. So much fun. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I love talking to Sarah so much. I hope you guys had as much fun listening to this as I did having this conversation with her. And I hope you got a lot of value out of it. If you liked this episode, please, please, please go leave us a five-star review. That would be amazing. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Audacious Founder podcast, share it with your friends, and listen to some of our other episodes. I always love getting feedback, so if you want to send me an email and let me know about something you'd like to hear or an episode that you really liked, again, I would love, love, love to hear that. Thank you so much and stay audacious.